Hey, yo. Welcome to the Smart Marks Podcast. I am Riot Ryan. I am being, of course, partnered by my brother, Mikey J. And this is our third installment of the Smart Marks Podcast. The so, latest and greatest sensation. Yep, trademark. Of course. So thank you guys for continuing to listen every single week about our kind of our nerdy little, you know, hobby that we've been into since, you know, we were kids. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think this this podcast has taken off a lot better than we thought it was going to. I think so. Uh it's that time of the year where us wrestling fans we're feeling like it's Christmas. Ryan, what season are we in at the moment? It's WrestleMania season, pal! WrestleMania, the grandest stage of them all, the showcase of the immortals. So, what have we done this past week to prepare, Ryan? So, WrestleMania is coming up in two weeks, and of course, we will be preparing by compiling two separate lists. One being the best WrestleManias in history, which we will talk about today. And next week being the worst WrestleManias in history. It's a 10 and 10 system, so no 15s and 20s or 5s. Fuck that shit. We're doing 10. Good call. 10. And today we will be discussing those. Myself and my brother have compiled 5 and 5 different WrestleManias to talk about, and together bringing them into a total of 10. Of course, my personal 5 and his personal 5, obviously they're going to be a little different. You sent me yours beforehand so we wouldn't have the same lists because that would be kind of awkward. And we wouldn't have the full 10. Yeah. What will happen is we'll give our five. We'll kind of talk a little bit about them and then go from there. These are, in our opinion, the 10 best WrestleManias in the history of WWE. Right here on the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast. All right, I think we're almost to WrestleMania 40, which is crazy to think about. There's been so many over almost 40 years. Ryan, what is the first WrestleMania on your greatest WrestleMania list? And again, just a heads up, this is no in no particular order. These are just 10 of our favorite WrestleManias. Um, at the end, we will give our favorite WrestleMania because I know there's a lot of you out there that have a particular mania that you're fond of or really like. Um before I even start my list, um, I do want to give just one honorable mention that didn't make it on my list, and that is WrestleMania 23. WrestleMania 23 took place in 2007. Um, it it was very, very close to making my list, but it got nodged out. There were a couple of matches on that card that were a little eh, like Kane and Kali was kind of eh. But, I mean, there also were some really good matches. The two highlights that I can think of off the top of my head is The Undertaker and Batista for the world title and John Cena and Shawn Michaels for the WWE title, of which, of course, The Undertaker retained at WrestleMania and John Cena beat Shawn Michaels for the WWE title. John Cena always beats everybody. Yeah, (laughs) It's always big match, And, of course, I mean, we always think of the uh, hair versus hair match with Trump and McMahon. Uh, with Lashley and Umaga, rest in peace, Umaga. That was one of my favorite. It was the first WrestleMania I remember growing up, and like, I had a poster of it in my room. Like, it was a gigantic poster, and it literally had the entire match card on there. And it j- just a couple, like the Kane and Kali match, was just eh, you know. And there were some other matches on that card that really didn't live up to the hype. So. Right, and that's the problem with some of these uh, mentions on the list is like there were some great matches on the card, and, and there were a shite. lot of matches on this card that I'm like. 
How was this even on WrestleMania? Well, that being said, before I start, Mikey, do you have any honorable mentions of your own? Um, I tried to keep my list uh, pretty spread out through the 30 years we've had a WrestleMania, but one of them I did want to mention is, of course, WrestleMania 3. Uh, I was... It's not in the top 10 one! It's, I know. Uh, I did not cover WrestleMania 3. Nor did I, I. I think it's one of the greatest ones of all time because you just had to be there at that time, and unfortunately, we were not. I was going to say, we weren't even an idea at that point. Then. I know. I, just I was to, not alive. Just to give you guys it. some some back, like, I was born in 99, Mikey was born in 01, so, I mean, we really didn't start watching wrestling until, like, later, later on. So, some of the earlier ones we're not as knowledgeable on because we didn't actually get to witness them. I mean, we went back and watched all of these, but, I yes, mean... that was the one uh, highlight from WrestleMania 3 is just every wrestling fan remembers where they were when Hogan picked up Andre and yep. slammed him down on the mat. I wasn't even born yet, so I really can't consider that in my personal favorites but I understand it is important to recognize. So, yeah, we just wanted to recognize those two because those are two typicals um, in terms of WrestleManias that people always seem to put in their top ten or top five, or it might even be their favorite WrestleMania. But my first pick in the top ten, the first pick in the draft, um, (laughs) I picked WrestleMania 18. Oh, that's a good one. WrestleMania X8 that took place in 2002. This one's pretty tricky. That uh, was like primetime wrestling. It's so like early 2000s. How I, how I spaced mine out was I went like one to five. I know this isn't supposed to be a list of like, you know, top tens because it's a no order. But for me, this was at the bottom of my best list. Um, let's do some trivia for all y'all. I'll, I'll give you five seconds. What is the one match you think of when you hear WrestleMania 18? And I'll give you five seconds. One, two, three, four. But if you answered Hogan and Rock, you were correct. That's the, that's the only match I remember from the card. To be I was going to say, I was probably four or five years old. I remember watching Hogan and Rock and just being enamored by Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was like one of my favorite wrestlers growing up, and so was The Rock. And I was too. I was, I was going to say, Mikey, <laughs> Mikey don't remember quite, but I remember. I was, I was chilling watching the Teletubbies. I, was, I didn't even know. I was three or four years old, and yeah, no, this was the first big WrestleMania I remember watching. Um, just to kind of give you like a little bit of the um, the match card, if you will. Obviously, you have uh, Hogan and Rock. This match should have been the main event. The problem with this pay-per-view is that the last match on the card was the unification match for the undisputed WWE Championship between Trips and Jericho, and it was a great match. But the problem is, is that it ended the pay per view. It should have been Hogan and Rock ending the pay per view. Just to give you guys some of the lower tier card matches that I didn't really, you know, care too much for. There was a match between Edge and Booker T, which Edge picked up the victory in. There was a match between Kurt Angle and Kane, which Kurt Angle actually pulled out the win in. Maven and Goldust had a hardcore title match, which ended by Spike Dudley, of all people, running in and pinning Maven for the hardcore title. That, that, that was great. When I, when I think of the hardcore title, I think of Spike Dudley. Spike Dudley. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, you had Rikishi, Scotty Too Hotty, and Albert in a three-way match defeating Lance Storm Testman. Are you ready for this? Mr. Perfect. Wow. Forgot about the 2002 I, run in WWE for Mr. Perfect. Um, whenever we have a Royal Rumble list, I'd love to talk about his return to the ring in 02. 
You also had a little bit of a three-way, or no, not three-way, my bad, four corners elimination match for the WWF Tag Team titles. You had Billy and Chuck who defeated the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, and APA to win the belts. On the women's card, because back then you didn't get a lot of women uh, wrestling on WrestleMania, you had Jazz defeating both Stratus and Lita for the to retain her uh, WWF women's title. Wow. Let, let me tell you, hearing these old names, it's really taking me back to when this was just the prime time of WWE. Ruthless aggression. I'm, I'm just loving hearing the names again. I just, I just wanted to touch on all of those. You also had DDP taking uh, on Christian and winning the European title. In a pretty good encounter, DDP um, kind of gets overshadowed in his time with WWF. WWE because he was Undertaker's wife's soccer for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, <laughs> the dumbest, one of the dumbest angles. I feel bad for DDP because he's such a great guy in real life. Oh, he's a legend. But I did want to touch, uh, like I said, I'll talk about Hogan and Rock in a little bit. But Taker had one of his best WrestleMania matches. It's it's not like in the best category, but it's not in the worst. It's on the upper tier of mid. Taker versus Ric Flair. I think this was one of his wow. best WrestleMania matches ever. Ric Flair just brought the pain. Ric Flair bled. Ric Flair was still in his prime, like, to an extent. He was getting out of his prime, but he was still in it. And Taker was the American badass. Everybody loved Taker. This was a great match. You know, I hope you guys are going to get used to us saying Undertaker, because that's one thing I was thinking about when I was making my list, is we're going to talk about Undertaker and a lot. I also tried to take into account, like, what Taker matches were really good. Anyway, to um, finish off the card... Um, Austin, Steve Austin, and that's the problem with this mat, uh, this pay-per-view as well, is that Steve Austin was pretty much toward the end of his run in WWF. He had a big match against freaking, of all people, uh, Scott Hall. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Oh, Razor Ramon. Um, this was one of Hall's probably, I think this was his last WrestleMania match ever um, against Steve Austin. Steve Austin obviously picked up the win. They actually found this out. Hall was originally supposed to beat Steve Austin at WrestleMania. Uh, but obviously wow. Austin was like, um, no. <laughs> yeah, not, not too many people can say that they beat Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. But also, um, it didn't sell as well as it. Everybody wanted to see Austin and Hogan, and you didn't get to see that. But, I mean, Hall did what he could. Austin did what he could. Austin wasn't really into the match. You could kind of tell. Um, also, rounding out the card, RVD beat William Regal in a Intercontinental Championship match. And then, again, just touching base on the First two, the last two, it's weird because they had Hogan and Rock, then they had the women's match, and then they had the world championship match. It's a really weird uh, layout, but um, for me, the best matches of the night were Hogan and Rock, Triple H and Jericho, and honestly, Taker and Flair had a really, really good match. But um, again, I think Triple H and Jericho had a really good title match, but the problem is, is that Hogan and Rock stole the show. You had the leg drops, the rock bottoms, the false finishes, everything that made these two, the be- they're the biggest stars at the time. But this one was one of the best. I think it belongs in the top ten of Manias, just for Hogan and Rock alone. Um, some people might have it booked higher, some people might have it booked lower. Um, but I think it deserves a spot in the top ten. And, no, I just I loved getting to talk about this one, too, because it brings back memories. I remember this one very, very vividly. Growing up, because I don't know if you guys remember, I, I don't know if Mikey remembers either. There used to be WWE twenty four seven. It was a it was essentially WWE Network before um, it went to like Peacock and everything. I have never heard of this. It, it exists. I swear to God, it existed. <laughs> and everybody was it nine ninety nine a month? 
I forget what it was, but we got like a free like trial, and that was one of the first things I watched on there was WrestleMania 18 and its existence. And I remember watching Hogan and Rock and loving every minute. But nonetheless, that's my pick. Um, should probably spent a little more time talking about it than I should have. But um, Mikey, what is your first pick? Well, first off, uh, I I completely agree with WrestleMania 18 being on your list. That is a classic, uh, probably one of my favorite WrestleManias. As soon as you sent it to me, I said, man, I can't use that on my list. I was going to say, Mikey kind of had got stuff picking whatever I didn't pick. But then again, I definitely picked a lot of stuff in the same kind of time frame. Uh, But, I mean, those are the ones I can remember the most. And I think, honestly, they're probably in the top ten. Right, right. But I love the emphasis on... uh, Taker and Flair stealing the show. That's a common theme we're going to face today is a lot of just random matches stealing the show that you don't expect. Of course. But I'm going to take it back to when sports entertainment was not a thing. We were still in the Federation. I'm talking about WrestleMania 10. 10? And this was probably my boldest choice on the list, which is why I kept it towards the bottom. Hmm. This was the first WrestleMania without Mr. Hulk Hogan. Wow. And it also did not feature The Undertaker. This was one of his WrestleManias where he was not featured. Uh, and you know what? When you say that alone, I'm like, <clears throat> I didn't have Hogan or Taker. Like, And it still was a great, great showcase. And I only chose it for a select few matches. It kind of made up for all the other really bad matches that was on the card. Sure. So... Uh, first of all, one of the best opening matches of the show. It's Owen Hart versus Bret Hart. Wow. Brother versus brother. I forgot that it was um that was the match that opened it up. That was and was this a ninety four? I believe so, yes. It was either ninety four or ninety four. I, I was trying to remember this is crazy, but like when I think of like WrestleMania years, I have to remember who won the Royal Rumble to understand like who was in the you know, title frame or whatever. Right, right. Um but it was Owen Hart versus Bret Hart. Owen does not get talked about at all, which I mean, uh, which is a shame because yeah. he's probably one of the best technical wrestlers of all time. Oh, by far. Uh, Owen took the win over Bret, which was nobody unthink- expected, unthinkable it. at the mm-hmm. time, and I'm really glad they did it. But yeah, that stole the show, in my opinion. That was one of the few select matches I was talking about. Absolutely. Then the next match kind of uh, ruined that a little bit. Oh boy, it was Bam Bam Bigelow with. Hopefully I'm saying this right. Luna Vachon. Luna Vachon. Yeah. <laughs> and they faced Doink and Dink the Clown. Oh, Lord. Um, Ooh. It was bad. Mm. Uh, this The only reason it was on the card was because of Vince McMahon. Uh, right it was, now, it I was, love that. It was, it was Doink and Dink the Clown. It would have been all right if it was just Bam Bam and Doink. But the fact that they made it a tag team match, it just kind of took me out of it a little bit. Uh Man, Bam Bam Bigelow. Ryan, how do you feel about Bam Bam Bigelow? Honestly, I really like Bam Bam Bigelow. I think he's a talented wrestler that gets overshadowed quite a bit. He really does, and that's the problem with him, is he's being booked in matches like these. I love how I say and being booked like he's still around. Now, he was a monster. They didn't really book him right, and this was one of the reasons. But uh-huh. it was an all right match. It just it could have been better. What else you got on that WrestleMania 10 card? Oh, boy. So this one sounds really great on paper. It's not good. It's false count anywhere. It's the Macho Man Randy Savage Ooh, yeah. versus Crush. Oh God! And it was all right. It just did not live up to the expectations. No. Uh, I did like the match finish, which is why I kind of kept it on here. It was uh, Randy actually tied Crush up by his feet, 
so he couldn't make it back to the w- ring, and Randy won by countout. Oh, okay. Which was actually a pretty unique decision at the time. It kind of made me think of the uh, match that Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens had. Yeah. Back in, I want to say the Royal Rumble, <laughs> where they couldn't oh, get the handcuffs. When, when Heyman was sitting there trying to get the cuffs off him for an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking of oh, man. when I was uh, writing that down. But after this, uh, we have the WWF Women's Championship still on the line. This was where it was kind of respectable at the time. We haven't really reached, like, the Divas Championship of 2010s, whatever that was. Like, this was still a respectable title at the time. It was Alundra Blaze, who was the champion. You would have known her as Medusa in WCW. Correct. Um, And she was facing Lalani Kai. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Like I said, I was not born. You mispronounced it, pal. I have no idea how to pronounce these people's names. I'm pretty sure that's right. But don't get me wrong. I still watch these WrestleManias. I know the highlights. But obviously it was just a basic match. It was just kind of putting Medusa over as the champion. And I'm going to call her Medusa. I don't like the Blaze name. Yeah, I like Medusa. She's Medusa to me. But then after that... It was the WWF Tag Team Championships. Oh, here we go. Here we go. And it was Men on a Mission. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. Have you ever heard of them? Yes, I have. I've never heard of them. I knew knew Mabel. Well, Mabel won the King of the Ring, and that was about the only time. And that was considered one of... I don't know if you remember this, but the King of the Ring in 95, Mabel won. And they were cheering, like, ECW, literally, as Mabel (laughs) won the damn thing. I love it. But Men on a Mission... And they were up against the Quebecers with Johnny Polo. Johnny Polo. Do you know who Johnny Polo is? Tell me. He is Raven. Raven. That was his first gimmick. He was going by Johnny Polo. He was kind of like a surfer. I forgot about that. (laughs) But this was not, it was an all right match. It was nothing extravagant. Sure. Get this. Um, Men on a mission, Mabel and Uh Moe, they won by countout. That happens? (laughs) Like, that's the Yes, they won by countout. Which is really confusing. Um, uh-huh. But up next, WWF Championship already. And oh, but I know do why. Do you know why? I'm going to get to that a little later on. All right, I won't spoil it. Yes, yes I know why. But the champion at the time was Yokozuna. I love Yokozuna. Really good champion. Uh, really underrated. Great champion. He was with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji, which is the weirdest pairing I've ever heard of in my entire life. Yeah. And he was up against Lex Luger. Uh, this was like... All the hype on Lex Luger. They were trying to make him the next Hogan. Yeah, it didn't work out. Didn't work out. The special guest referee, for some reason, was Mr. Perfect. I didn't expect to be mentioning Mr. Perfect so much. It just like Vince threw a bunch of shit at the board and said, This will work. There were two special guest referees on this card, which was really confusing. But anyway, Yokozuna retained because Mr. Perfect turned heel and disqualified Lex Luger. This is a reason why this wasn't one of my favorite WrestleManias, because the finishes were really weird. Yeah. I wasn't a fan. Mm-hmm. And then, this is the only reason I put WrestleMania 10 on the list, is the Intercontinental Championship ladder match between Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. It stole the show. Literally, there are no flaws in this match. Uh, it's between two of the best workers, and it's probably one of my favorite WrestleManias in history. Absolutely. Man. Uh, Razor Ramon, genius, love the guy. Really was. A lot of crazy bumps in this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ladder match was a really new concept at the time, and they perfected it. Uh, this is kind of like the epitome of ladder matches. Shawn Michaels really wasn't as big at the time, and I feel like this was really his breakout match. Which is good. You know, he needed but, that. Exactly. But Razor Ramon walked away with the championship. Wow. 
Then after this, we had another WWF championship match. So why is there another WWF championship I match? I researched this. And I, I mean, I know why, but I'm just, you know. Well, yeah. Because um, <laughs> I, I didn't know this at the time, but I was like, wait, why is Yokozuna on twice? And then I figured out that was the, the 1994 year. Royal Rumble, Bret Hart and Lex Luger both won. Both won. And I've never heard that in my entire life. I was I'm kinda, surprised I was you kinda, didn't kinda, know that. I was embarrassed. I'm like, how did I not know that? But Bret Hart and Yokozuna, it was a rematch from the year prior uh, when Bret was actually the champion. And Bret Hart walked away with the championship. It was a great match. Wow. And I, I'm sure Yokozuna, imagine being Yokozuna. He was that much of a badass where he's like, you know what? I'll fight Lex Luger and Bret Hart in the same night. Obviously, it didn't work out for him. Right. But WrestleMania 10, takeaways, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. But, and Owen and Brett. That's about it. But yeah, that is one of my WrestleManias. Ryan, what did you have for number two? So uh, if we're doing it like a one to five list on each of them, uh, my number four pick would be WrestleMania 22. It took place in 2006. This was a pretty, this is literally what, four years after the prior one. So again, I picked a lot of ones that I was familiar with, but these are commonly, these. this was the height of the Ruthless Aggression era. It was a good era of wrestling. Um, I'll start off with some of the matches that just, you know, they're give or take. Uh, Candice Michelle beat Toria Wilson in a singles match. Eh. Um, That's all right. Your man, Mabel, who now goes by Viscera, won a 30-man over-the-top rope battle royal, eliminated Snitsky for the win. I said we'd be talking about Undertaker, but we're talking about Mabel and Mr. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, well, Mr. Perfect was not on this um, this WrestleMania. Card. What a shame. Another one that, um, and I know you're thinking, like, why are you putting this WrestleMania on? It's literally dog shit. Um, but there's there's some better matches. You had the Boogeyman and Booker T, another kind of hit or miss. Um, Boogeyman is kind of a polarizing character in WWE. It's either, wow, the Boogeyman's kind of interesting versus what in the fuck? What, like, what is the Boogeyman? You know, I've never really seen the Boogeyman wrestle too much. It's it's always been the gimmick of the worms, and I don't know if you obviously SmackDown 2006 was like a height era where SmackDown was really contending with Raw, um, but this was one of the storylines. Booker T and Charmel are together. The Boogeyman's been haunting them forever. It's just not a really good storyline. They have a blow-off match at WrestleMania where, of course, the Boogeyman wins. The Boogeyman apparently has a fucking Legends contract with WWE to this day. Uh, I heard he resigned. Yeah, I, I don't. And he's it. coming back, and they've I'm... never had him on television. But once you get past all the crap, another one that was kind of, and then you kind of have two, two pretty decent but kind of halfway eh matches. So Undertaker's match against Mark Henry, one of his more lesser known encounters, wasn't the best Taker match. But I mean, Taker, watching Taker on any pay per view to me, beats out. It wasn't a terrible match. It wasn't as bad as like Gonzalez or Big Boss Man in prior years. I seriously do not remember that match. You know, this was the one that I was having trouble remembering because I was like, I remembered WrestleMania 23 with um, Taker and Batista. 18, I knew he was against Flair. Some of the later ones, I'm like, oh yeah, I knew who he took on. But Henry, Henry was one of the overlooked ones that I think they should have booked him with somebody else. But I mean, and then we get to some of the better matches, which is what kind of stole the show. Number one, you got the Money in the Bank ladder match. This is the second year the Money in the Bank is in effect. Oh, I know which one you're talking about now. And that got me. it overall led to a really good WWE championship reign. Rob Van Dam picked up the win 
and he beat John Cena at um it would have been one night stand in two thousand and six. Because if John Cena would have won, they would have ride it. They would have ride it. Yep. Which and and that's why I ranked it pretty high. I mean, other than that, there's more. But people say this is one of the, if not the best, Money in the Bank ladder match that they've had at WrestleMania. Um, I disagree. There's one that you know happened that I think is better. I agree with that. Um, I think I know which one we're talking yes. about too. Um, then you have Shawn Michaels versus Mr. McMahon. 2006 was the DX versus McMahon era with Spirit Squad and all that. Shawn Michaels absolutely obliterates Mr. McMahon. <laughs> Why was this even a match? I don't know. You, the one the <laughs> one spot you'll remember is Shawn Michaels hitting the elbow from the top of the ladder through a table and just McMahon's got a trash can on him. <laughs> it's it's a whole thing. But it wasn't the worst match. I think McMahon took his fair share of bumps before Shane McMahon, the best wrestler in the world, was taking his... Uh, Bumps, but and then you have JBL taking on Chris Benoit in a U.S. title match. This was a great encounter at WrestleMania 22. JBL and Benoit were very, very, they were ready to go. And then uh, you have Big Show and Kane who defeated Chris Masters and Carlito for the tag belts. What a strange pairing! But it actually, it actually wasn't that bad. <laughs> I know I could see it being a good match. It was kind of random. It wasn't too bad. Big Show and Kane definitely. It was just interesting to see the both of them. I mean, obviously they don't don't really make sense, but oh well. And then you have three remaining matches, which take the cake in my opinion. You had Mickey James and Trish Stratus for the women's belt. Mickey James wins the women's world title at WrestleMania. Good for Mickey James, man. I, and that's most... and that's why I put it on. I was like, man, this deserves a spot. I love Mickey James. Obviously, you'll remember the spot where she does an inappropriate gesture, and I think they've since removed it on the WWE. Network. How despicable! Come I on, know. Mickey. I know, but it was it was so funny. One like, of the most underutilized women's wrestlers I've ever seen in my entire life. And then your final two matches at WrestleMania 22 that were the headliners. You had Cena and Triple H for the WWE title. John Cena. Picks up the big win at Mania. I mean, big match, John. There was no way he was going to lose. Which, and I mean, whenever Triple H and Cena go at it, you know it's going to be a good match. Um, it was a really, really good WWE title match. And uh, to me, the best match of the night was Randy Orton, Kurt Angle, and Rey Mysterio for the World Heavyweight Title. This was the year of Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio beats both of these guys, wins the World Title WrestleMania, dedicates the whole thing to Eddie Guerrero. Oh, one of okay. the most beautiful WrestleMania moments, and I mean the reign that Rey Mysterio had was absolutely terrible. But you it know, was more <laughs> about the moment. And that I'm ranking happened. these as actual pay per views and the moments associated, not afterwards. Really, really great match. Rey Mysterio deserves that title reign more than you know. I think Eddie would have been proud. I mean, between the Money in the Bank, Shawn Michaels, Cena and Triple H, the women's title match, there was a lot to like about WrestleMania 22. It was still ruthless aggression. And to me, it was a really, really good pay-per-view. I think there wasn't a lot that you could hate about it. I mean, there was a couple of eh matches, but what pay-per-view doesn't have those? It was a good WrestleMania, and it's in my top ten. Well, in our top ten. In our top ten, yeah. What's your next? Well, I agree with that one. Uh, it's it's a treasure, man. Like I don't even remember that one. But anyway, uh, my second pick. Um, I went back to WrestleMania ten last time. I'm moving it all the way up twenty one spots. We're Ooh. going with WrestleMania thirty one. Oh, I remember that one. The night where Seth Rollins walked out WWE champion and stole the show. That's the one. I, that's the one takeaway I always have from this. 
Undertaker. When I think of WrestleMania 31, I think of Seth Rollins. That's all I think about. But anyway, to start out this card, we have the Tag Team Championships on the line. At this point, the championships were lackluster. Of course. There was no coming back. Mm-hmm. But it was Tyson Kidd and Cesaro who was probably... Yeah, I know. I don't um, remember that at all. I barely remember Tyson Kidd being there. He's one of Cesaro's thousands of tag partners. Right. Uh, versus Los Matadores. Oh, dear. I know you remember them. They were the one with the little bull. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, didn't they? T- didn't he have a match with Hornswoggle? Or- he, he did, yes. that's Anyway, and the New oh. Day and the Usos. Okay. It was a pretty solid match. Uh, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro retained. It was just kind of like an opener. It wasn't that good. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't Owen and Brett, but it was all right. Up next, uh, we have the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. You want to take a guess about who won this one? I remember it was the Big Show. It was the Big Show. You want to know who he eliminated to get the win? Isn't it? Um, oh, God. Was it? Uh, I, I want to say it was Cesaro, but I don't Damien Mizdow. Oh, wow. This is when Damien Sandow was doing the uh, Miz stunt actor thing Did- where he was pretending to be Miz. <laughs> Man. It was crazy. Um I think Cesaro won one of those Andre the he Giant. He did. Battles. That's what I'm thinking of. He won uh, the one before that, and that's, then they gave it to Big Show. That's right. But after that one, it was the Intercontinental Championship ladder match. Oh. And I like to call this match a match filled with underutilized talent. Uh, well, pretty much. That's what they so, with it. Daniel Bryan oh. versus Dean Ambrose versus Luke Harper versus R-Truth. Versus Stardust, versus Dolph Ziggler, versus Bad News Barrett, who was the champion at the time. So four of those went on to be an AEW, right? Yeah, Brian. Uh, one became a commentator. Yeah, and then the Z- one- and one of them went to NXT. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. And then and where's yeah, Dolph Ziggler? And then there's our truth. <laughs> oh, he he became the twenty four seven champion. Yes, yes. But yeah, that was a solid match. I love watching ladder matches. Especially for uh, a belt. Who won it? Uh, it was Daniel Bryan. Oh, uh, well, not not a shot. Well, which is a shame because this was like right after he hit his big high. And then they kind of put him right back into the mid card. It was a shame. But after that, we had a pretty technical encounter between Randy Orton and Seth Rollins. Yeah, that's a good match. Seth Rollins lost that match, but I have a feeling he'll be back later. Then after that, this is when Sting was in WWE. This was absolutely. During his run. Before you say anything, like, talk about fucking a burial of fucking Sting at WrestleMania. This was the biggest mistake I've ever seen in my I mean, it life. was it was decent, but I, I just wanted to say I think Sting should have fucking won it. Oh, he should. Um, And as Ryan just said, Triple H walked out with the win against Sting. But you also had the NWO and the DX spot. Somebody, I forget who, I was watching something, and they were like, you know what doesn't make a lot of sense to me is that NWO walks out with Sting, and Sting was never fucking aligned with NWO ever. It made no sense. I think it was just an excuse to bring uh, DX out. And they're like, oh, we need Sting to have some guys out. How about the NWO? Yeah, because they were in the same company, but they were never aligned on the same side. It just kind of seemed like a glorified middle finger to WCW, even though they beat them like 20 years ago. It was just a little too much for me, but it was a great match. Like I love seeing Sting and everything. His entrance was cool. Uh, but following that up is a great match between AJ Lee and Paige and the Bella Twins. Hmm. This was like right when they were hitting their stride in the women's division. Sure. And getting better. It was all right. Uh, after that, 
One of my favorite matches in WrestleMania history. I'm going to put that out there. The United States Championship, John Cena versus Rusev, who was the champion. Everyone knows this as the match where Rusev came out in the tank. One of the best ones, uh, John Cena walked out as champion, and he actually had one of the best U.S. title reigns I've seen in a long time. It was just a shame he made Rusev do the job. Big match, John. Did the job. Yep. And then The Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, This was the year after Brock Lesnar broke the streak. Basically, it was just Undertaker getting his stride back, and they had to do the match with Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah. Um, Then, of course, the WWE Championship on the line. Brock Lesnar is the champion versus Roman Reigns. Oh, boy. We're going to see the same thing again this year, and we'll probably see the same thing next year and so on. But it's better. It's it's the same match every time. It, It literally is. And then Seth Rollins, towards the end, cashed in his money in the bank. And walked away with the title. Seth Rollins stole it. Do you know that this is going to be the third WrestleMania that has Lesnar and Reigns in a title match? It's just... It's repetitive. Three three years of it. Like, I get this time they're doing it, but they've already done it. If they hadn't done uh, the two beforehand, I think that it would have been a lot better. You have them at 31, 34, and then this year... 34 was even probably... I don't know. I think it might have had a little bit of a better... um, I don't know, a better like storyline beforehand, but I don't know. It just didn't sit well. 31 and 34, having both of them wrestle at the same one, is just eh. It's a little too much, but especially when they did it at Crown Jewel, too. I mean, the guys have faced each other more than uh, John Cena and Randy Orton. And you know that old meme about how Randy Orton and John Cena always face each other all the time? Yep, this is the new generation of John Cena versus Randy Orton. Well, we got four down. We have six more to go. But this one is remembered for a lot of moments. Some of them are hard to talk about, but I will do my best. Number three on my list was WrestleMania 20. This took place in Madison Square Garden, 2004, in the middle of the Ruthless Aggression era. Raw is on fire. SmackDown is on fire. This was like peak of the brand split, too. Yes. You have established stars on both brands. Some, uh, I, this is one of the best WrestleManias. Everybody always has high things to say about this WrestleMania. We'll start with some of the lower card stuff. Uh, you got Chavo Guerrero. Um, this is when he was with Chavo Sr. I, dumb fucking storyline. He wins a Cruiserweight Open for the Cruiserweight belt. This is back when the Cruiserweight Championship wasn't, you know, dead and Hornswoggle was winning it. They've tried so many times to do, like, a Cruiserweight division. Yeah. It's just never worked out. Um, Too Cool, Rikishi, and um, Scotty Too Hottie win a fatal four-way tag uh, match for the WWE Tag Team titles. On the flip side of things, on Raw, Booker T and RVD win a fatal four-way tag uh, to win the World Tag Team uh, Championships. I think uh, these matches, the Too Cool, uh, the WWE Tag Team title match was a little better in my opinion. Uh, The Raw one just seemed kind of discombobulated and like there was just so much going on, booking four tag teams to fight. It's kind of like um, AEW had like an eight-on-eight tag match one time, and I remember watching it, and I was just like, this is a fucking clusterfuck. And it's the same thing here. I mean, cool for Booker T and RVD. I think they're a great team. They probably were the best uh, to win the belts that year, Um, but it was just kind of like, huh? So much (laughs) shit going on. I know. Sometimes too many wrestlers is a bad thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you had Tori and Sable P 
picking up a victory in a tag match between Miss Jackie and Keebler. This is the height of, you know, let's, you know, sexualize women. And, you know, the, the women's revolution was far from where it needed to be. Yeah, yeah. Not much to say about that match. Um, you had a really good encounter. The op- I believe the opener was the Cena U.S. title match with Big Show. And this okay. was one of Cena's first real big reigns. And people still like John Cena. The match was great. Big Show was a very viable opponent for Cena at the time. Big Can I Show's... take a really wild guess about who wins? I... Yeah. I'm going to say it's John Cena. It, it is John Cena. Big match, John. Again, John Cena, one of his best title matches with Big Show. Um, he won the U.S. title. And again, this is one of his real first big mid-card championships. He's starting to elevate. I mean, you'll find out that one of my later picks, you know, kind of spoiler alert, he does a little bit more than win the U.S. title. Oh, yeah. But this was this was a good match. This was booked to perfection. Also on this card, you had um, <laughs> Christian and Jericho had a pretty damn good match, too. This was Oh, like, yeah, I forgot about that. They had... They were fighting over Trish Stratus, essentially. But, I mean, Christian and Jericho were very good, you know, singles competitors. And they put on a pretty good match. Who walked away with Stratus? Uh, Christian won the match. Good for Christian, man. Stratus turned on Jericho and went with Christian. I'd go with Christian. <clears throat> oh, I would, too. Um, this is also the pay-per-view that had the infamous Goldberg and Lesnar match. Oh, my god. Stone Cold Steve Austin was the guest official. This match was just a joke from the get-go. If you didn't know, Goldberg was opting out of his WWE contract. Brock Lesnar was wanting to go play with the Minnesota Vikings in the NFL. Both guys were leaving. Nobody cared. Everybody was booing him out of the building. Lesnar was flipping everybody off. Yep. And you Stone know, Cold Steve Austin literally went in, stunned both of them, and everybody went fucking crazy. Yeah, pretty much. Um, that's what happens when a rumor gets out like that. It just kind of ruins the match. I'm sure it would have been a great <clears throat> match if that wasn't the circumstances. Oh, yeah. It, Every WrestleMania ending with Stone Cold stunnering somebody and then drinking beer. That's that's a pretty solid WrestleMania in my book. It was essentially a stunt. Like, that was the biggest spot of the match was Stone Cold coming into stun. And just in case you cared, Goldberg did beat Lesnar. Yay. Literally. And that's but it's why... okay because, you know what? That's a really defining moment because I'm sure the two will never face each other again. Yeah. Oh, no, never. Yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, Goldberg and Lesnar, it was, it was a glorified just shit show like we knew what was going to happen you guys are leaving at the end of the month why in the fuck are we having this match between and that was the problem too is this is the match that should have been the match goldberg and lesnar both are in the prime of their career lesnar is so young goldberg is pretty much near the end of like the amount of matches he should have because i mean obviously he's in his prime in wcw so this is a couple of years after WCW gets bought out by WWE. This exactly. Like 04, so it's right. been a couple of years after. This would have been the perfect time to have it, and yet it just it didn't work. Nope, not at all. And then following that, I think there's a couple other matches. Um, Victoria and Molly Holly. This is actually the pay per view that had Molly Holly getting her hair shaved. Molly Holly is a saint in the wrestling business. Let's just say that. Victoria, Everybody loves Molly Holly. It was a title versus hair match. Victoria ended it up uh, pulling it out, and Molly Holly went and shaved her head. She's such a brave, strong woman. We saw a reemergence of her uh, recently. I think she was in the Women's Royal Rumble. So, I mean, 
She's still in pretty good terms. Uh, obviously, well, I mean that, or they just said, "Hey, we need somebody in the ring, like in the rubble. Can you come back?" Right, right. But nobody ever has anything bad to say about Molly Holly. You can watch any shoot interviews. Um, and then uh, just to end the show off, you had the return of the Rock and Sock Connection. That is one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Mick Foley and The Rock make a return. They take on Evolution. Unfortunately, Evolution does pick up the victory, but I think in the moment. It was just exciting to see Rock and Sock come back. Now, who were uh, a part of Revolution or Evolution? So uh, they had Batista and Ric Flair um, partner up. And, so it was those two. Yeah. Uh, well, Orton was pretty much on the Intercontinental path around this time, and Triple H uh, was like going for the world title. But I mean, the whole thing—it was entertaining and it was great. It was really, really great. Um, well, I mean, Triple H was in the main event. Orton was just kind of there to help, uh, but. At the end of the day, Evolution does pick up the victory because Evolution is still hot, red hot. Um, they can't lose. And then there's two remaining matches, and these two stole the show. First, you have Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, WWE Championship, one of the greatest world WWE title matches in history in WrestleMania. Those two put on an absolute clinic. I'm sure you remember, you know, Eddie's pretending his ankles hurt. Kurt lets go of the boot. The roll-up, uh, Eddie just playing dirty, cheating to win. Eddie Guerrero, one of his best matches. I'll always talk highly of Eddie Guerrero. Everybody loves Eddie. And I don't think you can talk poorly about Eddie Guerrero. He's um, one of the legends, man. Next guy you probably can to some extent about his personal shit. But Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, one of the greatest WWE title matches. This was a big win for Eddie. Um, and I think a lot of people were happy to see him win it. And then your final match of the night, this was the main event. Shawn Michaels versus Triple H versus Chris Benoit for the World Heavyweight Championship match. Triple H and Shawn Michaels uh, throughout most of the Ruthless Aggression era were fighting each other in countless, countless, countless singles matches. I, I just don't understand why Chris Benoit was kind of put into the match. Well, like, don't get me wrong, great worker, but I feel like Triple H and Shawn Michaels alone would have just brought the house down. It's kind of the same syndrome with WrestleMania 22. WrestleMania 20 and 22, the the synopsis of the main event is the same fucking thing. In this instance, Benoit had been booked as the guy that could never win the big one. Like, he's never going to win the big one. Paul Heyman was even like, I'm never, you're never going to win Benoit. Benoit wins the 2004 Royal Rumble um, by eliminating Big Show. Literally had him choked with the head forever. Mm -hmm. And... That's what led to this match. And for most of the match, Benoit got taken out at one point, and everybody's just kind of like, oh, man. But everybody wanted Benoit to win because he's the underdog. And Benoit gets Triple H, the king of WWE, in the middle of the ring and makes him tap out with the crossface. Chris Benoit's bawling his eyes out. Eddie Guerrero comes in the ring. They share an embrace, and that is how the pay-per-view ends. If what didn't happen in real life with Benoit had never happened. This might still be like maybe the in the top three of WrestleManias, but because of some of the later matches and just so much shit surrounding Benoit, I could only put it in the middle of my section because overall it's a pretty good WrestleMania. But I feel as though my next pick is a way better like documentation of how pay per views should be.
All right, so my third pick for my WrestleManias is WrestleMania 14. Oh. I know, I'm going back and forth. I went from 10 to 31, and now I'm going right back to 14. It's a pretty old school card, which is why I picked it. I was a really big fan of this uh, era in WWF, if you will. Uh, Legion of Doom won the first match, which was a battle royal to determine the number one contenders for the tag team titles. There you go. They threw out the Midnight Express, which I didn't think the Midnight Express was still around at this time. Oh, yeah, I didn't either. But I guess they were. Uh, Legion of Doom, number one contenders. It was just kind of a fun match to start out the card with. After that, we had a match for the Light Heavyweight Championship. Oh, dear. Which is yet another attempt to try to get a cruiserweight division going on. It was basically WWF's attempt at having a cruiserweight division because it was successful in WCW, which was a lot at this time. It's just them trying to copy what WCW was doing. Uh, Taka Mishinoku, who's the champion, defeated Agia, if I'm saying that right. Agia. There's a lot of confusing names during this time, and I was not around to learn them. Uh, but yes, Taka Mishinoku pulled out the wind. Pretty great match. Here's another unknown title that was around at this time. Well, actually not that unknown because a pretty important person held it. But the European Championship with Triple H as the champion coming in with China is oh. going to face Owen Hart, the King of Hearts. Sounds like a good one on paper. It is. Uh, two of the greatest workers of all time, as always. Uh, Triple H was played to the ring by the DX band. This was a really big DX pay-per-view. Um, it was kind of when they were first starting. China was handcuffed to Sergeant Slaughter, who was the commissioner during this time. That's weird. Which is a really funny thought to picture China and Sergeant Slaughter handcuffed together. Right, right. It's almost like who's tougher. But uh, Owen was over because this was post-screw job, so everybody was cheering for Owen. Hunter hit him with a low blow for the win. It was a pretty great match for the European Championship match. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's what I loved about this time is how over the European title was and the Intercontinental titles. And we're just not seeing many of the mid-card titles having great matches nowadays, and it's a shame. But up next, it's going to be Mark Marrow and Sable versus Goldust and Luna Vachon. Luna Vachon. Luna Vachon. Um, it was all right. Just kind of a match. Right. Uh, basic match, but Sable is over. That's all I really can say about it. She's over, pal. I love she's Sable. Over. She's over. She was putting butts in seats, man. Intercontinental Championship time with Dwayne The Rock Johnson holding the title going up against Ken Shamrock. Now, was this his Nation of Domination phase? He was with the Nation during this time. Mm. How do you feel about Shamrock? I feel like you love Shamrock. I really like Ken Shamrock. I know. I, um, I remember Ken Shamrock, that. well, and I think he was kind of underutilized, too. Like, just one of those guys that was around for WWE for, like, a cup of coffee and then just left. Um, he's a Lance Storm type. Yeah. I always got to pull that on Lance Storm. I'm sorry, he, Lance. He also was TNA's first world champion, too, if you didn't know that. I did not know that. 2002 uh, was actually uh, the year that they started out, and uh, they had a battle royal, and it actually featured Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett, and uh, yeah, Ken Shamrock won the day. So though. that was the first TNA title, not the NWA title? Well, it was the NWA TNA uh, championship. Oh, But okay. since they had started the new promotion and had the NWA belt, He's technically considered the first TNA world champion. Right, right. Okay, I understand. Just fun um, trivia. It is. Uh, but The Rock and Shamrock put on a classic. Basically, The Rock got out of chair and hit Shamrock. Shamrock kicked out of that, believe it or not. And then Shamrock made The Rock tap out. Wow. 
And Shamrock held the belt for a solid 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes. Because here's what happened next. Uh, after the match, the nation started to beat up Shamrock. And Shamrock, you don't mess around with Shamrock. He just whipped everybody's ass. Started beating up on referees. And then they actually reversed the decision and had the Rock win wow. by DQ. Which I've never really seen that happen, where you reverse a decision after the match like that. Yeah. But yeah, for a while, Ken Shamrock beat The Rock, which is insane. Up next, WWF Tag Team Championship. You want to guess what the stipulation was? Uh, Let me give you a hint. It was Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie oh versus the New Age Outlaws, who were the champions. I, I just remember with Chainsaw Charlie and fucking Cactus Jack at the 898 Rumble, and they're just beating the goddamn shit out of each other. And I loved, and like, I didn't even, and like, I remember watching wrestling as a young guy, and I didn't know a shit ton about Terry Funk. But I was like, who the fuck is Chainsaw Charlie? And it's motherfucking Terry Funk. And I'm like, oh my God. You know what's funny? When I was watching, I knew Chainsaw Charlie before I knew Terry Funk. And I have no idea how that happened. But yeah, brother, this was a dumpster match. And I don't think I've ever heard of a dumpster match besides this one. But it was pretty intense. Uh, I love when WWE does hardcore matches because they never do them like at mm -hmm. all. Uh, it was a Roy ECW match and I was loving it. It went backstage. There was a lot of bumps. It was a Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie match. It, it was going to be good. Uh, Cactus gave Road Dog a DDT on a forklift. Oh. Uh, and Terry Funk threw them in the dumpster. And Cactus slammed the lid shut, and they won. All right. They were announcing them as the winners. Chainsaw Charlie was not done. He used the forklift to seal the dumpster lid shut. Fuck those guys. He was an animal. Here's the problem. They threw them in the wrong dumpster. Oh, no. So, officially, they did not win, and they did not become the tag champs. So, they had a rematch on the Raw after WrestleMania. Word. And the New Age Outlaws retained. I know. It was a really anticlimactic ending, to be honest. Yeah. But it was a great match. Okay. Up next, The Undertaker versus his brother Kane in their first televised match. Oh. And I just talked about it uh, WrestleMania 20. Was I know. one of their other encounters. It was a great match. Uh, this was right after Kane made his debut in the Hell in a Cell match with Shawn Michaels. There was a lot of story build up to it. This was like crazy Kane. Like lighting people on fire Kane. I was going to say, I didn't really get to talk about the 2004 Kane, but that Kane was more so obsessed with the fact that, um, I meant to, I forgot to add this in, but like in 2003, like at Survivor Series, McMahon and Kane buried The Undertaker so that the new Undertaker that was like the dead man could come back. And like the months adding up to that, like in the Royal Rumble, Kane was in, the gong went off and Kane like flipped the fuck out and got eliminated. So like, yeah, yeah. like he was a paranoid Kane, so... The, I, I think I'm more so a fan of the earlier Kane with the mask, too. Like, this 2004 Kane was good, but it's just, it, was, it wasn't as good as the mask, man. I missed the mask. I know. I just like seeing him light people on fire. It's one of my favorite things. Like lighting JR on fire. That, oh. was, that was in the later years. <laughs> but anyway, these two knocked the living hell out of each other. You love to see that. Uh, Kane took, like, three tombstones during the match. Dude Gosh. was an animal. Undertaker took a leap over the Spanish announce table. Because it's always the Spanish announce table. It always is. And believe it or not, Undertaker kept the streak and kept fighting. Uh, the streak lives on. Up next, the main event, WWF Championship on the line. Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is basically in every main event from the ones we've talked about. He 
He's great. Uh, versus the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. This oh. was such a big match. And you'll remember it when I tell you the stipulation with Mike Tyson as the special guest enforcer. Uh, Michaels came out to the DX band. This is just one of my favorite WrestleMania matches. It's Mike Tyson. Yeah, it's Mike Tyson. Before Mike he, Tyson. Before he uh, appeared on AEW. Yes. Um, this was just a great match. Uh, Tyson helping Austin to get the win, and then knocking Shawn Michaels out. It was just a great ending to a WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, man. And that's why it's on my list. But, Ryan, what did you have for your fourth WrestleMania pick as we continue on here with our favorite WrestleManias? So, my pick for uh, my second best WrestleMania, uh, and again, like I said, this is a list of no particular order, but just out of the ones that I could think of. Number two for me was right in between number 20 and 22. It's WrestleMania 21. Hollywood, California, baby. That was a good WrestleMania. I remember that one. 2005 was the year. This is when I actually kind of started tuning in weekly. Um, I would have been probably six or seven years old. I would have been four. Yeah, and um, but I do remember the storylines very vividly. We'll start off with a bang. This is the very first WrestleMania that had a Money in the Bank ladder match. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. It and To me, I think the WrestleMania 22 ladder match definitely capitalized, and it was more polished than the first. But the first is still a joy to watch. You got Shelton Benjamin, Christian, you have Edge, you have Chris Jericho, you have Kane, and you have Chris Benoit. That's mid a lot card, of six mid card to upper card talents that need a chance to shine. That's a lot of Chris's in that match. There's a lot of Chris's in that match. What I mean, there's so many great spots. Um, Shelton Benjamin running up the ladder at Jericho. There's the Benoit headbutt onto Kane that I, I, I'm surprised Benoit's head didn't fall off, and I'm surprised Kane wasn't dead. Just so many good moments in this match. But as everybody knows, Edge, the ultimate opportunist, took advantage and won the very first Money in the Bank ladder match. It was a spectacle. That was the best thing that they could have done um, at WrestleMania 21 was that Money in the Bank ladder match. You also had a um, interpromotional battle royal, which Booker T ended up taking home the victory in. You had um, Stratus and Hemi. Uh, I think this was before Christy Hemi left for TNA full time. Right. But Trish Stratus won uh, that encounter for the women's belt. And then you have an infamously pretty horrible match in Aki Bono and Big Show. It was a sumo wrestling match. Oh, this was that one. It was that oh one. Oh, my God. Aki Bono is a legitimate sumo wrestler. Big Show is a big goof that was, <laughs> this that was, was at 400, 400 damn near 500 pounds at the time. He was in like a damn diaper. It was it was goofy. It was fucking This goofy. was like prime time where they gave up on Big Show and just had him doing every yeah. goofy thing I will, they could. I will say this. They took a shot. It wasn't a very good shot, but they tried. At least you tried something, you know. But but, but yeah, no, you put was, Big Show in a diaper. Yeah, you put him in a diaper. You can't put Big Show in a diaper. Nonetheless, the match later on down the road where he faced against Mayweather was a lot better. This one was a joke. It wasn't funny. It wasn't good. It was just bad. Yeah, but. That was the one blemish. Everything else um, wasn't terrible. I um, feel like every WrestleMania has to have one blemish on the card, at least yeah. one. And Big Show in a diaper, I feel like that is the bl- big blemish for this one. 
But here come, and I'm I'm sorry, but if the one ahead of this didn't exist and have an insanely great roster with great talents and a great WrestleMania, this to me would have been my favorite WrestleMania, WrestleMania 21. Because after this, you have the feud between Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. The, it comes to the culmination at WrestleMania. Rey Is Mysterio, that the ladder match? That, that you're talking about the you're talking about the, the custody, custody of Dominic. that was that was at SummerSlam. Oh, okay. But Ray picks up a big win over Eddie Guerrero at WrestleMania. These two are just unbelievable. Then you have Undertaker. Wow, take, really? Undertaker, yeah, I know, Under, again, Undertaker on again. WrestleMania. Wow. Undertaker faces, in my opinion, this is one of Undertaker's best WrestleMania matches. Takes on the Legend Killer and Randy Orton. That is a good one. This is before everybody got sick of Randy Orton. Legend versus Legend Killer, man. Randall, Randall Keith. This man. was my favorite like era of Randy Orton. Yes, and this match was beautiful. It was perfect. I think it is Undertaker's like it's it's got to be one of his best matches that he's had. Now who won? Oh, um, I forget. It was Randy, right? I think so. Yeah. Obviously, Undertaker wins and con- continues. His dominance at WrestleMania. So a legend killed the legend killer. Yeah. But after that, you have a really great encounter. And I forgot about this angle, but um, I remember how it happened. Um, Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels. That is a good match. It is. It was a great match. It's a dream match. Angle obviously picked up the victory, but it started at the Royal Rumble because Shawn Michaels eliminated Kurt Angle from the match. And then Kurt Angle lost his shit, gave him the goddamn... Uh, you know, ankle lock on the stairs. It was a whole thing. But this was before Kurt Angle. Um, I think this was a whole year before Kurt Angle dipped to TNA. But, I mean, this was one of Angle's. Is this is this when he was doing the song and he was like, I'm just a sexy Kurt. Sexy uh, Kurt. No, this is heel Kurt Angle, and I don't think uh, this was. So this wasn't goofy Kurt Angle. No, this was serious as a. This was before Perk Angle, and, um, bef- and uh, I think this was uh, after uh, goofy Kurt Angle. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Had to get my Kurt Angle timeline in order. Yeah, but no, he he absolutely was great in this one. Um, and then, arguably, two of the best matches in, of the card, the two title matches that created your two big stars in the Ruthless Aggression era. Okay. The WWE Championship match is between the champion John Bradshaw Layfield oh and John Cena. John oh. Cena wins his first WWE Championship at WrestleMania 21 over JBL. You know that night, the right John won. It's correct. I that the was crowd a good match went for him. crazy. Nobody liked JBL. Cena was white hot, like red hot fire. Like that is John Cena. He was on fire, and I think they picked the right guy to win. They really did, yeah. And I, and I remember night. how pumped I was because I, I was following WWE by then, and I loved the storyline. I loved Cena, and I think he was the right guy to win. But then the best storyline of all time uh, of the Ruthless Aggression era, and Batista and Triple H for the world title. Batista turns on Triple H. He won the Royal Rumble back in January, ironically enough, for him and John Cena did that spot, and then Vince came in, blew his knees out, and there's a whole thing. Right, right. <laughs> you remember that spot? I, I do remember that spot, oh, man. It was Vince just throwing his shit. The fact that that wasn't even planned and then that Vince tore both of his quads. Vince McMahon is the most interesting man in the world. You would have thought that that was actually how they wanted it to go because it was perfect. 
He just sat in the middle of the ring, just yelling at him. And those two couldn't have planned them going out at the same time any better. It was perfect. But, I mean, they both ended up getting their win. Even though Batista did win the contract, Cena obviously went to WrestleMania and won. But Batista was the one that got the contract. And on one of the Rawls leading up to it, it's contract signing time. Batista's at the, you know, ready to sign. He's got the Raw, or he has the SmackDown contract. He's ready to sign. And then gives him the thumbs down, turns on Evolution. Everybody was going apeshit for Batista. Anyway, that, that, and leading up to that, and then you have Batista and Triple H, two really good stars. This is going to be one of the best blow off matches, and man, did it live up to the hype. And as you know, Triple H cannot get it done. Batista becomes the world heavyweight champion for Raw. Obviously, this WrestleMania holds up today. This is 2005. This is one of the hottest years for WWE. This is the height of ruthless aggression. This is why it's got to be at least in the top ten. It's by far one of the best. I mean, it sounds pretty great, Oh, but my next pick is even better. Even better than this? Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to WrestleMania 19. Oh, I thought you were going to say 37. <laughs> 30. Oh, my God. No, no. Go Wait, which one was 37? Last it was, year's? It was last year. Oh, my God. They didn't have any crowds. They had uh, the Thunder, or not the Thunderdome. The Thunderdome. The yeah. Silverdome. The, the same thing. Whatever. Anyway, it's the culmination of three eras into one show. Oh, it's yeah. the classic Hogan days. It's the Attitude Era, and it's the very start of the Ruthless Aggression Era. There's three matches that kind of outline that in this card, but it was just kind of the a nice little happy ending to those two eras. So we started it off with one of my favorite tag teams, and Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Oh, freak yeah. Oh, yeah, and they were facing Chris Benoit and Rhino, and they were facing Chavo and Eddie Guerrero. An interesting pairing between Benoit and Rhino. It really is, yeah. I, I've never seen those two together until this match, but Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin went away with the strap. It was a great match. What more can I say? Women's Championship. This was actually a great matchup. It was Trish Stratus and Victoria, who's the champion. Trish Stratus walked out with the belt. I mean, I can't really argue that. I knew Tr- I, I had a feeling Trish was going to walk away. With oh, the yeah. Belt. Trish is a star, and she deserves to be treated like one. They treated her right here. Good. The World Tag Team Championship, which is a different belt from the Tag Team Championships Who this time. Who do we time. got? We have Chief Morley. Who? No idea. And Lance Storm, <laughs> my, my favorite wrestler in the entire world. They are the champions, and they are going up against Rob Van Dam and Kane. So tell me how this dude named Chief Morley and Lance Storm going to beat Rob Van Dam and Kane for the belts. What are these pairings? <laughs> I feel like they ran well, out of tag teams. Do you remember the RVD-Kane storyline? I actually do not. So... RVD and Kane were, like, really good friends, so them together makes sense to me. Like, Kane actually took his mask off, and RVD was in the ring when it happened. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm i very unfamiliar with Chief Morley and Lance Storm being a tag team. Well, whoever they were, they got the win over Rob Van Dam and Kane. So they must have been pretty confident in him. I, I guess. Up next, another Cruiserweight Championship oh. match. You know, the Cruiserweight division really took off, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. It was, and this is the funniest part. Guess who was the cruiserweight champion? Who? Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy ain't no damn like, cruiserweight. In what dimension is Matt Hardy a cruiserweight wrestler? Remember when he was in TNA and we called him Fat Hardy? It was Fat Hardy. He was big. Don't get me wrong, Matt. You look a lot better now. You definitely do. Your impact days, oh my goodness. Yeah. He was going against Rey Mysterio, and Matt Hardy squashed him like a bug and took both of the belt. That kind of 
is pretty disappointing. I mean, but I mean, Ray would get his moment a couple years later. But oh yeah, as I already talked about. But this was, and this kind of saddens me a little bit. But it was one of Undertaker's less famous matches. Oh god, this was the handicap match with Big Show and H Rain. Do you want to know? I don't know if you know this, but Undertaker was originally supposed to have a tag team partner for that match. Who's that? Nathan remember? Jones. Oh yeah, Nathan Jones was on the side with him. But Nathan Jones was so fucking bad they had to take him out of the WrestleMania match. event and have it be a handicap match. It it was bad. It it was all right, but it's the streak and it lives on. Yeah, I mean, I think even with Taker and Henry, like I can understand why maybe they take a chance on Mark Henry to put him in there, but I mean this was just a failed match. Like you should have had something better, man. I agree. Uh, but up next, do you want to know which match stole the show? I I, I can see it, and I you can, can see it out on the table. But you know which one I'm talking about. I, I know what I know how it did. The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, Woo! facing Chris Jericho, the uh, Goat. What else can you say? This was Michaels' first match since returning to the ring. And he hadn't competed since 1998. This was really? his first time back in the ring. Uh, the whole feud revolved around Jericho wanting to be better than his hero, Shawn Michaels. It was a nice student versus teacher matchup. Mm-hmm. It stole the show. Uh, Shawn Michaels ended up picking up the win against Jericho. You know, those two have the best feuds together. They, they had a feud in 2008, too, that everybody remembers how damn good it was. They just work really well together. Uh, after the match, Shawn reached his hand out and said, shake my hand, Jericho. Jericho hugs him and then hits him with a low blow. Same thing with the MJF and CM Punk thing earlier that we saw. Right. Uh, great match. He's e- damn heels. Great ending, man. Jericho's just a great heel. Um, oh, but after so this, good. we all remember this match. World Heavyweight Championship, Triple H, like, Reign of Terror is in full effect, Triple H. Oh, no, no. With Ric Flair. The booking in this was terrible. Versus Booker T. Worst decision in WrestleMania history. Booker T should have walked out with the belt. Well, it was all the. It was also all the other, like, booking that they had ahead of time. Like, the kind of racist undertones that they had with Booker T. And, like, people like you don't deserve to be champion. And I just couldn't believe that they actually put H-Man over... Booker T in this I, one. Booker T should have won. Even if they gave him the title and the reign didn't last that long, they should have still put the title on They him. should be ashamed of themselves. They I'm should. not even joking. They really should. They like, should. This it's is a ridiculous. shame. But it's okay. Um, it happened. It's over. Booker T is a legend. He'll stay a legend. But these last three matches, man, like I said, these three matches describe the state of WWE perfectly. So the first match, we're talking about the Hulk Hogan era because it's Hulk Hogan in a street fight with Mr. McMahon. Wow. And the feud basically comes down to who made Hulk Hogan. Was it himself or was it Vince McMahon? It was me, pal. <laughs> it was Vince McMahon, pal. Make me money. <laughs> but lots of blood. It was a street fight. <laughs> do you want to know what Mr. McMahon did during this match? What did he do? He brought out a ladder and he did a flying leg drop on Hogan. Through an announce table. Oh my gosh. He's an animal. He can't be stopped. <laughs> I remember seeing that. Can, can you imagine Mr. McMahon pulling out the win against Hulk Hogan? I kind of want to see it. Vince Vince is a hell of an athlete, man. Yeah, but Hulkamania was in full effect. Uh, it was just a great match. Uh, it really described the feud and the history between those two. But not like the last match of the Rock and Stone Cold trilogy. Gosh, that was a good one. I know you were talking about the Rock and Austin earlier. Mm-hmm. 
this was their last match uh, together. It was actually the last match of Stone Cold, but nobody knew it. Uh, Hollywood Rock was in full effect. He was doing movies, and he said, this is going to be my last match, and then I'm going to Hollywood to make some money. It was Heel Rock. Before the match, the Saturday before WrestleMania, Austin thought he had a heart attack because he was so nervous about this match. And he was in the hospital, exhaustion, dehydration. My man was going through it. And they still had a great match. The Rock ended up pulling up the victory. Mm. Uh, And he went away to Hollywood and did his thing. And Stone Cold left one last time and nobody knew it. Uh, It was just a great match. Well, actually, you're lying because Stone Cold's last match is going to be Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. A, That's no. a lie. He's going to be a guest on the KO show. Yeah, it's not really a... The main event. Oh, You're going to remember it. Oh, I, I already do. You I, do. I, I know what it is. It's for the WWE Championship, and this match kind of lays out what's going to happen in the future with the Ruthless Aggression Era. Oh. It's biggest star, the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. Versus Kurt Angle, who's the champion. I just think of one spot, and I already know yep. that you're going to talk Every, about Everyone it. does. Uh, but you might not know that Kurt Angle is actually going through a lot prior to the match. Right. A lot of neck and spinal injuries. He really put his career and his life on the line. Like, this was so bad, Vince tried to talk him out of doing it. So he, but And you thought with him being so injured, they would take it easy. They went full send on this match, man. Kurt Angle's just a monster. The ending, Lesnar gets an angle in the middle of the ring, climbs up to the top rope. Have you ever seen a big man do a shooting star press? Fuck no. Dude, he's an animal. He tried to do it. He landed on his fucking He head. landed right on his head. And if you haven't seen it, I suggest you go watch it on YouTube. I mean, the commentary literally says, oh my God. Like, they were not expecting Brock he, to get up there. That was that. supposed to be the finish. And then Lesnar got a concussion. Kurt said, hey, Brock, answer me. Can you talk to me? And he just says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he was so out of it. So. I'm surprised he didn't break his neck. After that, Angle tries to cover him. Brock somehow kicks out of this. Brock is still alive. And then he has enough energy to get up and hit Angle with an F5 for the win. I was like, yeah, you got to end it there. Brock Lesnar deserves all the respect he's ever gotten. That was a great match. And that was WrestleMania 19, one of my favorites. It's a good one. So, number five. What do you got for us, Ryan? I almost, and I will will die on this stone. This is the best WrestleMania of all time. Let me take a wild guess, brother. Everybody on the planet can agree with me. The best WrestleMania for me of all time, and I mean, maybe we can debate at the end on which one we think is the best, but I mean, it belongs in the top ten, belongs in the top five, belongs in the fucking top three, two, and one. It's WrestleMania 17. Yep, X7. (laughs) X7. Took place in good old Houston, Texas, 2001. What a time to be alive. It's 2001. WWF is at the hottest. It's the hottest it's ever been. If you have a wrestling love and you want to share it with your friends, like, do you know somebody who doesn't get pro wrestling? This is the first of all, show them the Smart Marks podcast and then show them WrestleMania X7. And I mean, I think sometimes there's a lot of overhype with this. Like, oh, the whole pay per view was perfect. Not necessarily, but 90% of it was definitely perfect. We'll start off with. Some of the, you know, 
lower card matches. Um, so you start off, you had a tag match with Just Incredible and X-Pac uh, taking oh on Steve Blackman and Grandmaster Sexay. Where are they getting these like tag team matchups? It beats me. I feel like they just didn't have any tag teams, so they're like, hey, Steve Black, why don't you match up with Grandmaster Sexay? Right. And X-Pac, incredible, very talented. Blackman and Sexay, very talented. Um, Pac and Incredible pick up the win at WrestleMania. I I wanted to talk a little bit about. Uh, I mean, all four of the stars in the match are very, very underrated, undervalued wrestlers, especially Steve Blackman. God, they really should have done more with him during his time in WWE. You know, it wasn't the best match on the card, but I mean, it's just this is a pay per view to go back and relic on because it's just so good. Then you had Taz. It's Taz. It's Taz with the APA. To take on Right to Censor and Bull Buchanan, the Good Father, and Val Venus, accompanied by Stephen Richards. Right to Censor was annoying. They were stupid, but this is the perfect heel stable. Like, they were so obnoxious. It was everything at the time. It was Attitude Era is too violent. It's too sexual. It's too this. It's too that. But an APA was like the beer drinking, you know, bad guys that just beat the shit out of everybody. And Taz was a bona fide, bad, like a bona fide tough guy. I can't believe Taz was around. And this match was great. I mean, they just absolutely did what they needed to do and then knocked off right to censor. I think nobody was upset to see this happen. Um, and, again, it gave Taz and APA, you know, a spot to beat the shit out of some people, which everybody likes to see. Um, you had a very good European title encounter with Eddie Guerrero, and this was Latino Heat Eddie Guerrero before he was the big superstar that he was. Mm-hmm. Taking on Test, rest in peace Test. Another excellent, excellent, excellent mid-card talent from the 2000s that barely gets talked about uh, as much as we'd like him to. And these two had a great match. Uh, Perry Saturn accompanied Eddie to the ring, another great talent. I mean, this is just Attitude Era all wrapped into a ball and won this whole pay-per-view. But Eddie pulled out the win and uh, grabbed himself a European title in the process. You then had China and Ivory for the women's title. I think this was China's real last hurrah in WWF. Uh, before man. she departed. I love China. And what a sad story, too, man. It was just the downfall of China after that. Um, yeah. But, I mean, uh, the China-Ivory feud was one of the longer storyline feuds. Like, they actually had a match at the Royal Rumble where they kayfabe. I, I can't remember if it was kayfabe or not, but uh, China had something going on with her neck, and they were saying she couldn't compete. And then at WrestleMania, she absolutely obliterates Ivory in like five minutes and wins the See, belt. I'm glad they were having feuds in the women's division at that point. Yeah, and it, was, and it wasn't it was a bad storyline. Um, this was obviously when, you know, Stephanie and Triple H were together, so they were trying to keep China red hot. Um, but, yeah, no, it was it was a really, really, um, it, was, it was a squash match, obviously. So it wasn't as great Jade as it Goldberg? Uh, yeah, this was, this is, but I mean, you wanted, but you felt so good for China because China had been through so much. That was what they were trying to go for. And, right. Oh boy. From here on out, man, this is just absolutely an incredible affair of things. But you got Stephanie McMahon with her dad, but Shane is done with Vince. It's Vince and Shane in like this street fight type of shit. McFoley's out there fucking officiating. I feel like McFoley's always out there yeah. when it's a street fight. Just but, to make sure they play by the rules. But the McMahons put on a fucking clinic. It was b- unbelievable. It's one of my favorite matches on the card. I loved watching this. Um, I just really think that, and I mean, Shane is just, you know, he is exuberant. He takes it to where he needs to. 
and he can be crazy, and he just jumps through tables. He does everything, dude. He's great. It's a whole fucking storyline thing. But it was McMahon family therapy. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of shit to talk about, but Linda gets up out of the fucking wheelchair and kicks McMahon right in the balls. Shane picks up the victory at WrestleMania. We love to see it. We love Linda. You also had a gimmick battle royal with tons of stars from yesteryear. Uh, some of the notable ones being Iron Sheik, Hillbilly Jim, and then oh. Jim Cornette and Brother Love with Bruce Pritchard. I love it. Um, in the end, Iron Sheik uh, pulled out the big win. Go Iron Sheik. Big Sheik. I was going to say. Sheiky baby. It, it was absolutely phenomenal. I'm like, it was so goofy. And uh, they actually brought out, uh, they brought out Heenan and Okerlund to do uh, commentary. During oh, that's too. awesome. It was, yeah, they really tried, and they did great with it. I think See, it that's awesome. how you honor the past. You don't squash Sting at WrestleMania. Yes. But, no, it was it was great. He had, like, Repo Man and some other shit. If you want to look up the full list and watch it, I'd recommend it. It's great. But um, then you had, and, again, it just gets better and better from here. You had a hardcore uh, title match between three guys. Do you want to guess who the three guys are? You never will guess this. So it's a hardcore title match. Yes. Spike Dudley. No, he was involved in a later match. Mm, one of the Hollies. No. Oh, my God. It um, was between Raven, Kane, and The Big Show. Bro, that's actually a pretty great hardcore match. It was phenomenal. I, I, I watch tell. it every single day. There's a spot. There was literally one spot where they're driving on a fucking golf cart, and they drive and hit the um, the side of the like the venue, their backstage. And there was a plug, and they were close to running over that plug. That plug ends up being, apparently, like, if they'd have hit that plug and it went haywire, the whole WrestleMania would have went black. Like, the whole arena and everything. Oh, my God. There were a bunch of excellent spots. It's just, it's too much for me to describe. you got to go watch it. It's one of the best hardcore matches. The finish is, they're on the stage, you know, Raven, Big Show's got Raven. He's going to choke slam him. Kane kicks the both of them into the little pit. Then Kane goes in and just... Jumps into the pit with them, pins, and Kane wins the belt. Good for Kane, man. You wouldn't expect Kane to win it. I was did. not expecting that. I thought uh, Raven would win it back. Raven, yeah, and I guess Raven had a pretty decent title reign with it at the time. But no, this this match was great. Um, following that, you have a, well, and this is in no particular order. This is just me talking about all the matches. Um, and then you had Angle and Benoit. There's just, it's just technicalities, man. They're so, so damn good they really are uh two technical specialists man and if you just put them in a ring together they'll absolutely crush it big fan of angle ben wall is a great worker uh angle's one of my favorite i think technical wrestlers of all time probably along the likes of him and william regal and speaking of which chris jericho and william regal had an intercontinental title match oh they had a match on the card they did and oh. jericho won well, so, and I mean, this is like back-to-back greatness. Like, Angle uh, Angle wins against Benoit as well. Benoit wasn't quite up to standards yet. Angle was still, I think he still had his fucking hair. And, oh, man. Um, and then uh, the one the one thing that I take away from the Jericho-Regal feud was when Jericho pissed in his tee. Like, that was, that, <laughs> during, that, was during that whole thing. Yeah. But uh, Jericho pulls out the win against Regal at WrestleMania as well. And then we have probably one of the best, like, most underrated matches on the card. The Undertaker, Shock, All right. takes on Triple H. Oh, my God. That's when, it was their first encounter. Yeah, well, I remember they were talking about, um, they were talking about it, like, you know, 
when they had that match after Sean and uh, Taker had two matches back to back, and they're like, "I can beat you." And they didn't realize that it happened years ago, right? At the best WrestleMania, in my opinion, of all time, because these two just put on a fucking clinic. It was great. Yeah, this is prime Triple H. This is prime Taker at the biggest stage of them all, and they absolutely crushed it. Um, Taker obviously picks up the win, but man, this this one is probably one of my favorite Taker matches at Mania. You know, we've also talked a lot a lot about Triple H. Um, Triple H can wrestle, man. He's good. Know, he's one of the greatest, man. And then I left the two best for last. Who'd have thought a three-way TLC match? It's never been done. Well, they've had different iterations, but this was the first one that anybody could really talk about. Between the three best tag teams of the Attitude Era, the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, and Edge and Christian. Oh, that was a good one. The Hardys loved their ladders. The Dudleys loved their tables, and Edge and Christian loved their chairs. They can literally just have these matches with these three teams so many times, and it's going to make money. And each of them had their own little thing, too. Like, Rhino was partnered with Edge and Christian, Spike Dudleys with the Dudley boys, and Lita's with Ed, um, the Hardys. I mean, there's the Ed, the most iconic, probably, spot of the match is Edge spearing Jeff Hardy off the ladder from so fucking high up. Jeff Hardy going through tables. Uh, I think there's a spot where Bubba Ray and Matt um, fall onto like four or five tables. Um, but yeah, no, this this match is just unbelievably good. I think that this match is probably some of everyone's favorite matches of all time. Uh, I believe Edge and Christian like solidified their legacy in this match. Um, and all they, three teams really solidified their legacy. I was going to say, man. especially Edge and Christian, because they pick up the victory. Um, but every team in there played their part and did it. And then you have the 28-minute encounter with Stone Cold and The Rock. Oh, my God. Their best match to date. I think it's the best WrestleMania main event. I'm going to say that. But The Rock and Stone Cold for the WWF Championship Austin, the storyline is Austin will do anything to win the WWF championship. And you'll find out he means anything. anything, man. He beats the shit out of the rock with a steel chair and shakes hands with the boss, wins the belt, solidifies his legacy, and turns heel on the biggest stage of them all. One of the worst booking decisions ever. I was about to say, do you think it was a good idea to turn him heel? I think at the time they were trying something, and Stone Cold was white hot, so they might as well try something. But to turn him heel and partner him with Vince? I I think, well, I remember hearing about Stone Cold's opinion on it, and he said it was a bad idea. But that if he could go back and change one thing, that would be it. To take that ending out of it, though, if you go back and actually watch the whole match, it's unbelievably good, man. I mean, it's a great match. Yeah, so and the shock factor was there with him turning heel. It's just it didn't really pan out the way you expected it to. If I could explain what WrestleMania 17 is, it's not only the best in my opinion, but it's it's the WrestleMania of the Attitude Era. This it is. is it's where the Attitude. That's why when I I don't know if I said this earlier, but WrestleMania 18 was the segue or the um, leeway, if you will, between the Attitude and Ruthless Aggression era. Mm-hmm. I would they a lot of people say that the Attitude era ended when um, Stone Cold shook hands with Vince at 17. I think it ended at 18. I really, really do because it wasn't quite over with yet. But I think WrestleMania 20 or not 20 uh, 18 is the best kind of course of action, like. You have all of the guys. It's not quite over yet. WrestleMania 17 is the best actual image of the Attitude Era being as hot as it is still to this day. 
I think that was the peak. That was, and, uh, yeah. and that's why I put it at number one. It was whenever we talked about doing the list, I literally looked at my guest and said, dude, that's the best one. Sorry. Not sorry. It's he took the best one, but But we can both agree it's the best one, right? I, I agree with that. Uh for my final pick, I tried to pick one that a lot of new wrestling fans would pick as their favorite. That's what I was going to say, at least. Because I said, you know, people that lived through that time, they can easily say that that WrestleMania was their favorite. Mm-hmm. But I grew up, I missed that WrestleMania. Um, and a lot of younger people don't understand that WrestleMania the way that viewers of that time saw it. So for my WrestleMania, I went with WrestleMania 30. Wow. as my last one. I was, I was thinking about that one. I think... It's just the final moment of the match that really speaks out with me. Um, but to start it out, it was for the tag team championships on the line. The Usos, the reigning and defending champions, versus Los Matadores. Who apparently, Again? Who apparently WWE just loves these guys. And then the Real Americans oh, with Jack Lord. Swagger and Cesaro. Was, was Zeb Coulter it's, with them? And Zeb Coulter as always. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, and versus Rybaxel. You remember that? No. It is the team of Ryback and Curtis Axel. I forgot about that. The Usos won the belts back. Thank God. There was no way the belts were going to anybody else in this match. Thank God. After that, a WWE Championship qualifying match for later in the evening. Oh, boy. Triple H versus our boy Daniel Bryan. You already knew who was going to win this one. This, this pay-per-view, this pay-per-view review... It's just a big love letter to Daniel Bryan. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just months and months of people wanting him in the big picture main events, wanting him holding the belt, and WWE refusing to have him there. Like, I'll never forget. Uh, so, at the time, there were two titles. There was the World Heavyweight and the WWE title. Mm-hmm. And Randy Orton and John Cena had that qualifying match. And they had a segment where they got all the champions together in the same ring. And the entire time, they would not stop sh- just shouting Daniel Bryan. No, and he was just, to... he was off to the side. He wasn't doing anything. So John Cena literally had to break the script and recognize Daniel Bryan. But yeah, uh, a month's worth of a movement led to this moment. But anyway, Daniel Bryan obviously beat Triple H. Oh yeah. Which you can never really see happening. I can't believe Triple H put him over like that. It's shocking to me. It really is, uh, but after that, this was actually a pretty good match. It was the Shield versus Kane and the New Age Outlaws. I forgot about their return. And this isn't the Kane you're looking at. It is, corporate it's Kane. Corporate, Kane. corporate Kane. And the New Age Outlaws kind of being his stooges. The Shield went over, obviously, because nobody stops the Shield. They're probably one of the greatest factions of the 2010s. I love the Shield. Up next, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. This is what you were talking about earlier. Cesaro picked up the win by eliminating the Big Show. Okay. Great match. After that was before the Firefly Funhouse match. It was John Cena and Bray Wyatt. I was going to say, they had another match. This was not a good idea. No. Um, the result was bad. John Cena went over Bray Wyatt. Wrong booking. Decision. It was the wrong booking. You sense that a lot with Cena. If Bray would have went over here, it would have done a lot for him. Oh, man, believe that. But that's all right. Uh, This WrestleMania was known as the WrestleMania that broke the Undertaker's streak. I was going to say, man, even before, like, 
reviewing this pay-per-view, I'm like, man, the one match I can remember vividly watching in my living room with everybody was Taker and Lesnar. And when Lesnar had him for the three and Taker didn't kick out, I thought I was, I was like, are you, I was like, they fucked up. There's no way. (laughs) It had gotten to a point where everybody just really didn't care about the Undertaker match on the card because they knew the Undertaker would win. So a moment like that where they counted three and everybody looked at each other like, Wait a minute. Was that Did that happen? happen? Yeah, like, it was insane. I'll never forget the look on the one guy's face that they show right after he won. It was great. I can't believe The Undertaker chose Brock Lesnar to beat a streak, but I guess it makes sense. Um, after that, I don't know how they followed that up with the Divas title match. <laughs> that was the one complaint I had is, how in the fuck are you going to put the Divas title match after Lesnar and the Taker? And it looks like AJ Lee took on the whole roster, man. It was a lot. Um it well, was, she was the hottest thing in the women's division at the time. She really was. She was the champion. She faced Oksana, Alicia Fox, Brie Bella, Cameron, Emma, Ava Marie, Layla, Naomi, Natalia, Nikki Bella, Rosa Mendez, Summer Rae, and Tamina Snuka. Um, wow. Yeah, AJ Lee's probably the best women's wrestler of the 2010s. She was great, man. She, she was, was great. Really great. People were behind her. She was over. And then the main event. Oh, man. For the WWE World Heavyweight Championship with both belts. Both. With both belts. The World Heavyweight and the WWE. Batista versus Randy Orton, who is the champion. And then Daniel Bryan got himself put into the match. I mean, WWE, let me just tell you something. With all the mistakes you've made over the years, and as of late, thank you on behalf of all of wrestling for getting it right. But you should have got it right sooner because... Daniel Bryan should have already been the damn champion. If somebody's over, they deserve to win. Mm -hmm. And Daniel Bryan was over for that point like a year or two. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy he had this moment. And the fans loved it. Everyone, it was just a feel-good moment for WrestleMania. And a lot of people were behind Bryan. And I'm just so like proud of him that he got that far. That he beat Batista and Randy Orton in the same night. He's great, man. But that was WrestleMania 30, and that concludes our top 10 WrestleManias of all time. Ryan, what's your favorite WrestleMania? You know, man, it's really hard for me to sit there and not say 17, because, I mean, that's such a such a marked decision. But, I mean, I look at each of the WrestleManias um, going back, and it's really hard for me. I mean, it's really between 21 and 17. Those have my heart, but I would say it's probably got to be 17. I mean, wow. Um, Austin, I, Austin was my idol growing up. I loved Taker. I loved H. I loved all of them. And I, I think, I think it's just because all of us were super like either in our teens or super young when that pay per view was going on. And every other WrestleMania after it just felt like wow. That's I true. still really like seventeen. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, I definitely know what you mean. I know I just talked for like ten minutes about how much I love WrestleMania thirty. But WrestleMania 17 is my favorite WrestleMania of all it's, time. It's just really hard to debate against it. I mean, everybody that does, if you look on any YouTube channel, any podcast, I will bet you $1,000 that almost everybody says that 17 is either the best or one of their favorites, or if not their favorite, just because of the impact that it had. This was the, in my opinion, I think this killed every company that wasn't WWE. That is true. And as we are approaching the next WrestleMania, we only hope that it will live up to the, these legendary pay-per-views. That and we've, not like next week where we talk about the worst WrestleManias in history. You know, we might have to hold off on that 
because I'm scared this year's WrestleMania is going to end up on yeah. that list. I'm a little scared, but hopefully Edge and AJ will save the show. Cody Rhodes! And Cody Rhodes coming back. He signed an official contract, so he's going to be there. But uh, also, we'd like to hear from you. What's your favorite, or your, in your opinion, the best WrestleMania? Feel free to message us on all social medias at Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast. And we'll be sure to answer your suggestions, post about them, do whatever we want to do. Give us some ideas. Give us some ideas. We'd love to hear your input. This is our podcast, us and you together. There you go. We're here because we love pro wrestling. It's as simple as that. And on behalf of us here at the Smart Marks Podcast, we thank you for tuning in. This is Mikey J and Riot Ryan signing off for the week. We will catch you guys on Monday here at the Smart Marks Podcast. Thank you.